Hey, I'm Rich. And I'm Ruben. And welcome to Clarity, where we discuss the ideas and experiences that shape how we think and live. Second time I said that. Yeah. Feeling a little frazzled today. How about you, man? Well, it's been so long. We had, a, I think, a small break because we had a lot of interviews back in we did. May. Yeah, that was yeah. late May, early June, was it? Yeah. And, yeah. Now, and now we are back at, in, in the grind, I guess. Yeah. And we just want to have conversations with Rich. He's been, he stayed with me. I mean, he stayed with us uh, in Asheboro, North Carolina, my home for, uh, just we just play Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride, what is the game? Yeah, Ticket to Ride Europe edition. I can't, I arrived uh, yesterday afternoon. It was Saturday afternoon. Now it's Sunday morning. Yep. Rain is falling. No, rain is not falling. I love that song. Dude, that song. John Mayer, man. No, John Mayer. That's my room five, bro. Oh, stop it. My room five. Okay. Songs about Jane. Was there a John Jane. Mayer one? Sunday morning rain is. That is oh. my room five, bro. Yeah, it is. Goodness no, gracious. No. And then there's banana pancakes. No. Banana pancakes. By Jack but, Johnson. Yeah. But, do, 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 yeah, do. Yeah. It's I'm a actually, similar thing. I'm actually practicing that one in the guitar. Dude. Yeah. I'm not that good, but. So the, the thing is, uh, I think a year ago or two years ago, when I, when I was visiting Peru, Yes. There was this segment in the radio, a really popular radio that I, I used to listen when I was a kid, I, I mean, in high school. Mm-hmm. And that radio, there was a segment saying like retro music and they put Sunday morning and that's where it hit me. I'm retro. old. Yeah, dude. I'm old. <laughs> when, did, when did songs about Jane come out? Uh, 2000. Uh, let me let me look it up. Songs about so Jane. So let's say it's 2005 or 2019. Oh, no, 2002, or- bro. 2002. Shut up. 2002, June 2002. So, hey, if you're listening, if you uh, remember Sunday morning, rain is falling and listening like a top, like a hit. We're old. 17 years ago. We're old. Did you just catch that? What? 17? That song is 17 years old. Yeah, I'm, I'm 10 years older than that song, so... I really love that song and at some point uh, brings me good memories, good times. And sometimes songs take us and transports us back in time. You are born in 92 as well? Yeah, 92. 90s kid. You were in August? June? No. You're February. January, bro. You're February. All wow. right. Well, so- it's not, 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 not that it matters, guys. <laughs> if you're listening, please don't, don't leave us. Um, but uh, today's conversation, it's an Good conversation. I feel you and I, Rich, are really passionate about this topic, right? Yeah. And it's the topic on validation. I don't know if I'm passionate about it as much as I I wouldn't use passionate because I feel like with this one, when I think about it, I have to go real slow and mellow. And maybe that's why we're I was maybe too slow and mellow there. But I think when I see an idea that needs to apply to me. And I see that the roots run really deep. Yeah. Um, I think with my passion and thought I can, and I'm just trying to just be really reflexive here or reflective here. So it's, it's one of those topics as you're saying that you don't think much about it, but then, oh, maybe I should put more thought into it. Yeah. Yeah. And and today for me, uh, well, this week lately, uh, I try to connect many of our problems as a society because I'm not part of society, right? As Michael Scott <laughs> says. <laughs> uh, no, I've tried to see like, uh, what's going on with this world, you know? And mm-hmm. I don't know. Nowadays, I feel like in summarize it is just like lack of uh, own validation. Like people around the world just uh, use technology in order to feel validated. Some people, not mm. not all of us, not, not all of you that are listening, but sometimes knowingly and unknowingly we just try to uh, feel that everybody agrees with us and that makes us feel better interesting and the topic of today is going to go around this uh yeah. reality like where should we draw our validation from we we may know in theory you know i, mm-hmm. I need validation from no one but you may be surprised i was surprised then Lately, when I, I'm doing this intentional uh, endeavor of monitoring my thoughts, you know, like I feel happy. Why I feel happy or I feel sad. Why I feel sad. Mm. And that and kind of like what is meditation, I guess, or something like that. But not Easter reflection. meditation. I think it's reflection, right? And, yeah. Or I feel like this. Why do I feel like this? And then I realize I track the source and it's like, oh, dang, I actually want people to, to like me. <laughs> 
and mm. and that's how you're happy. Yeah. So we're going to try and un- uncover the, um, or discuss the human, our human struggle and the general human struggle with validation and how that struggle manifests within our lives. We're going to examine this struggle within David and Goliath. We're going to examine it within the experience of Peter and the, the disciples. Yeah. And we're going to lastly discuss our struggle within ourselves. But first let's um, define this term validation. And I think you, you wanted to specify internal versus external validation, Ruben. Uh, yeah, the thing is like validation is just, uh, the, it, it starts with just this, the term of self-validation, you know, like it's the recognition, uh, of a person, uh, recognition that that person is valid, is worth, it, it's worth a lot. It, 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 it's, I don't know how to explain Recognition it, of value? Re- recognition. Well, if you go to the dictionary, it says recognition or affirmation that a person or their feelings are valid or worthwhile. I'm kind of irritated that they, that a dictionary uses the word valid in yeah. the definition for validation. Yeah. Or worthwhile. Worthwhile. Worthwhile for time and attention and thought. I, I don't agree. I mean, I, it's pretty much the, the word is self-validation, you know, is it's because self-validation and validation may be two different things mm-hmm. in, in, in definition. Self-validation is like the feeling of having recognized, confirmed or established one or owns worthiness. So it's like like how validation is to know how much valuable you are. I I think we're, we're assuming here self-validation. Each person desires to be of value. Would you say that's an assumption we're building off of? I guess, I guess we want, everybody wants to be somebody. There'll be some people who say, I don't care what people think. I don't care what people think. What about those people? Would you say, if someone if we have this assumption and it's like, Hey, everything we're saying today is built off the fact that each per each of one of us wants to be. Yeah. I don't want to throw a blanket value. statement, bro. I don't want to throw a blanket statement and be unfair and say like, probably it's not, but I think it's within human nature. And if you're a Christian, within a fallen human nature that we just mm-hmm. want to try to center it about us, be it all about us. Yeah. I'd say I would think that this would be universal even for non Christians. And even for atheist secular secularists, that there's an understanding of ego, yeah, and that there's a the uh, growing up as kids, we've heard about self esteem, right? Yeah, everyone should have good self esteem. We need to build up kids' self esteem for them to be protective, balanced. So validation is just a process or method by which we come to understand that we have value, yeah, that we're good or okay, or nice, or important. Yeah. And we can get that source. We can find that validation through based on what others think, external validation, or we can get that based on an understanding. But even when you have an understanding, there's a variety of factors that can get there, right? Yeah. I mean, and I, as you were saying, there's a variety of factors. When you're a kid, it all depends on like your experience in elementary school, bro, like that can even shape who you are as like today. Like imagine that you were, you were bullied and you were saying like, Hey, you are like a nerd or you're like this, or you're like that, or you're so weird. And then those things also shape who you, how do you think and live? <laughs> like using our, our own motto, I guess. And, uh, Oh, if you're the bully, if you are the bully also, there's, there's a lot of research that goes into like this lack of self-esteem that bullies have. They mm. need to compensate whatever they don't have. And, and they project that onto the person, the people that they're bullying. So, so validation seems to be the key that turns the lock behind a great host of behaviors yeah. and experiences and dynamics. Yeah. And, and I've noticed the earlier, the earlier we are aware of that in our lives, in our, in the stages that we are living, the better and more happy life we can have, you know, not a stress-free problem or, or problem or a, st- a stress-free life. The earlier that you noticed and you're aware of this mm-hmm. and you're aware, like the, in the clarity moment in your life that hits you say, Hey, it was never about my popularity at school. Like we were watching like stranger things this morning. Yes. Like with Steve, uh, one of the characters he was, he used to be a really popular guy in high school. Yes. And, and now he's post high school and he's post high school, but he still has that construct of popularity mm-hmm. and he, and w- what happened there? He's uh so 
Steve also had gotten his value, not just on his popularity, but also on this idea that he can get with any girl he would like. Because and in high school, he used to be the basketball. King Steve. Yeah, exactly. And the amazing hair, et cetera, et cetera. Beautiful and here and is hair. Beautiful yeah. Hair. Here he is working at an ice cream shop. Is, this, is this a spoiler though? I don't think it's, it's part no, of the it's trailer, not. right? It's no, part of the trailer. It's part of the trailer. And I feel like this subplot doesn't ruin things. All right. So don't you worry. Don't, this is a spoiler free uh, version. This is character development. And I feel like character development, uh, not based on the plot. So Steve is there and he's not as cool. And he's chatting with homeboy, Dustin. Yeah. His little, uh, his little, the Robin to his Batman. And Dustin's like, dude, you should get with this girl. And he's like, nah, man. You know, like she's not this. She's and not she's that. weird. She's not and she goes to the band and she, yes. and she, so yeah, that's a social construct. Yes. And yeah. social, ah, man, social constructs. It's, I feel like it's like a, a feed and be fed thing because yeah. we think this, this social construct is made and we yeah. create the social construct, but the social construct also creates us, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a whole circle. Chicken so egg. If, if, if you're, if you're losing us right now, uh, I think. I think what you're saying is important. Like as a society, do you think we make famous people famous or, or famous people are famous just because they are talented or does a person become famous or we make them famous or they are just famous inherently and nothing, if nothing would happen, they'll actually be famous. Like I'm just trying to, I think there's a snowball. Um, we, we both listened to a podcast called Ono Ross and Carrie. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, Carrie, she always yells at she's yeah. like, Oh no. It's she's Yeah, really now goofy. I have to edit that part and just put a compressor. Oh no. Again. Again. Okay. So we're listening to the podcast and they did this tent long part. They interview and do investigations on different like cults of uh Un, unknown or French science, small French science, yeah, French yeah. science and spirituality is a tag. And they're looking into Ekinkar, which is this synchronous group of a bunch of basically Anglo people in North America who are co-opting certain aspects of Eastern religion. And, uh, they're talking about the different, the Mahantas, the people that are supposed to be the chosen by the divine force, spiritual leaders leading this group. And, uh, they're talking about how this, uh, Ross and Carrie, after doing a full investigation, were talking with an expert on this particular group or cult. And in cults, it was just yes. an expert in cults. And yeah. And he's, he's been, he's basically built his career on a lot of it on that one. And he was talking about the idea of, um, charisma, charisma and how, when you look at Sri Harold Klemp, who's the current guy, he's like, dude, this guy is not interesting. He's not exciting. But when he's, he's not, in front and he is doing a speech, he makes a really silly joke and everybody just bursts out ah, laughing. Because it's the idea that you're here for Shri Herald. You never get the Shri Herald, sees Shri Herald. And so yeah. when Shri Herald does it, if I said the same thing Shri Herald said, people would be like, but because of the mystique of, well, it's Shri Herald, he's important, he's supposed to be this way that that title, yeah. that understanding. And so I feel that way. I feel like sometimes just because there's a reputation of an actor being good, you're going to think that actor is doing quote unquote better than they may be that there's just this idea that of mystique and, and, and it that, could build. And that you're saying, Rich is like it, it ties up with validation because usually we think like, uh, this is a social construct. What means social construct? What in other words is like, if I, You, you guys don't know Rich. Imagine that you don't, go, don't know Rich and I go talk to you and say, hey, I have a friend, Rich. He's really cool. He's really nice. He likes the outdoors. He's like a really cool guy. And then you already have the idea that Rich is a smart and cool guy. And when he, I introduce you, uh, I introduce him to you, you have the idea that he's cool and he's fine. And, and, and that is a construct that I'm putting into you. And that builds like a, Uh, an idea of who Rich is before you even knowing him, you already think that he's cool. And unknowingly, we do that with famous people. We do that with leaders, with spiritual leaders, with uh, even political figures. And it is really interesting that we sometimes compare to each other. But when you walk in the, in the streets and you see like uh, the president of this country and that, like they, they look like a normal human being. And sometimes some people are not even that charismatic. And so I think 
it's clear, and I think based on the arguments we've given, that charisma is a facade. It's a it's a yeah. opinionated social construct phenomenon. And so fame or recognition, we can't trust them as proper guidelines for validation. For for uh, competency. For competency and because also I, I would see it like this. Um here's what people think of how good you are over here on the far left in the middle. Here's how quote unquote good you actually might be. And on the far right, it's how we feel based on how good we are. And we see that we can't really get the far right value based on what people think because that what we think is not really going to be a good indicator of how good we may be now is how good we may be. With yeah. the next level, but keep saying what we're talking about, about um, that connection between what people think and how we feel. I feel, I feel also that the validation is there are some standards that we really think that if we are like this way, mm. we'll finally be important people. Yes. And, and that is a, a fake thing that uh, if anything, when, when people, when Christian people are against like media and Hollywood and stuff, they okay. do it because of your cult, because of magic and stuff. I feel that the most dangerous thing is the self uh, image that is showing that an image of success. Hmm. Tell me more about that. Because like, um, like a, a famous person, they show their crib, they show their house. Like they show mm -hmm. like how cool it is and MTV how many cribs. MTV cribs. No, that's uh, yeah, MTV cribs. Yeah, that's true. And dating ourselves there, huh? Yeah. And, and does it still exist? Let me Google that. Yeah. While you Google it, I feel that we see like, Hey, I want to be like this guy because he has it all. And now he should be worth a lot. Therefore I don't have this house. I'm not worth a lot. Hmm. I don't have this cool uh, car. He is worth a lot. I'm not worth a lot. And that also causes another issue. We just try to validate ourselves by external factors. Are you, are you checking it out? Is it there mm -hmm. anymore? Uh, it started in 2000. I'm trying to see if it still has. Well, it's not that, it's not that it matters anymore. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, hey, MTV is not as cool as it used to be. We're that old, you know? I always liked VH1 a little better personally. All right. Well, we already, no, we 2013 are, is the last year I see. All right. Well, that's it, I guess. And I used to like the show and I was like, oh, that's a, such a cool house, but there's no way I'm going to get it. There's no way I'm going to get like 10% of that. Sebastian Bach seems to be the last one I can see. All right. Moby, Sebastian Bach, Jason Williams. All right. Well, so... The, the, there's a problem. Like first, the person needs uh, approval and validation in order to feel that they're a good person. If you if you don't have that, you don't feel like you are good enough. If you if you don't have this, you feel that uh, the, the feelings start to kick in. Mm. And then the second problem is that you actually want to show that you have something at least. I don't mm. have this car, but at least I have this other car. Or it's my old car, but I'm gonna pull cool, cool rims. I'm gonna show that I at least have good something, you know? Mm. And it, I think it's a downward spiral. It goes like a downward spiral. And I've been there, bro. I've been huh. there. Do you need to be flashy in order to be using what people think to find your value? And, and the, and the idea of success, you may be surprised. There's like this uh, study about like the houses, uh, the, the income based, uh, the, there's a really poor neighborhoods and houses. Mm -hmm. How, how fancy they have like cars parked outside their houses. Like mm -hmm. they're like really poor, like houses and neighborhoods that have really low income. There's a link called navigator or there's like a, like really fancy cars like Cadillacs, you know, or Mercedes or Mercedes outside really poor houses. I'm, yeah, I've, I've seen that once or twice. I'm familiar with the, with the trope. Yeah. And what does that, what does that say to you, bro? You know, I'd say I'd be careful to work to point at that particular thing that might be different than our personal cultural backgrounds and values. Yeah. yeah. Just because if it's, if it's not a system I'm within, I'm, I can struggle to accurately portray the value. Well, here's the thing. I see that, uh, I'm not going to say in my churches, but in my Hispanic, uh, community. Fair enough. So I can, 
I have the authority. No, I say, <laughs> I don't say authority. Use your, I, use your authority I, then. I mean, I, mean I, I saw that. I see that. You mm -hmm. know, you have to wear this brand clothing or you have to have this car. And, and but you, you, your house can be like totally destroyed. But as long as you're driving this, you're someone, you know? Hmm. And and that also affects uh, how our next generation, what, what they want. They probably just want to get things in order to be popular. So they don't have a lot of aspirations for be, becoming a better person in life. So that's the struggle, bro. What is a better person? A better person is a better version of yourself. Hmm. It's not a diploma that you get in a, in a college, hmm. but it's just a way for you to find value in what you're good at. So is, is efficacy and ability where we should get our value? Okay, can you re re rephrase, rephrase that question? So I think we've shown that what people think, so if we have three columns, it's what people think of who we are, um, who we are, our qualities, and then our value of ourselves, right? So on the far left, what people think, in the middle, who we are, and on the far right, what we think about our value. So we've seen far left that what people think about our abilities isn't a good reflection of our abilities, right? But then you're saying be better uh, is, is who we, is our actual ability? Is that an indicator of value? Like in the movie, oh, Man, I know what you mean. If man, he's a, like mean. there's a, there's a, an understanding that no, it's not. Mean. There's a, another approach, which I think is, can appear to be better. And I think it's better in some ways, but it's also just as fallen, which is, it's not about what people think of you. It's that you really are an OG gangster, amazing guy, you know, like Warren Buffett. He doesn't act like he has all this money, but he has all this money. So he's amazing. Yeah. Or Ip Man. Have you heard of the movie Ip Man? No. It's about the, the mythic, semi-mythic story of the guy that trained Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. And he's this exceptional martial artist, one of the best ever, but he didn't want to fight and didn't make a big deal about it. But then yeah. big fights would come to him and he would just tear up because he had this sleep. He was a sleeper. Yeah. And, you know, or just getting a, a really fast car that looks like a daily driver Yeah, where it's not flashy, but it is amazing. So it is the best car. And so being a sleeper, being the person who actually is better than everyone because they're exceptional ability. Yeah, I'll, is I'll, that really valid? You know, are you really more valuable because, cause that's still that I believe that, that, that uh, I know what you mean. It's like, for example, like, is down there. like uh, the way that people uh, dress in order to show that they have money or the way that Steve jobs used to, dressed, you know, mm -hmm. a really simple wardrobe, but people already knew that, oh, he's really, he's really, he's really rich. So he doesn't have to dress fancy Steve jobs or, or, or because the understanding is he's still, it's still important that people know that he's wealthy Yeah, because wealthy is valuable. Yeah. Right? Is yeah. that, is that valid? Wow. Now I'm confused <laughs> because it's a mixture of all of that, bro. It's like so. how you were raised is. Uh, your experiences, like the experiences that you had, they're not saying that the, the ones that I had, yeah. uh, your self-esteem is not the same than mine. Um, uh, the, the, the ideas and goals and aspirations, we may align at some points, but we also, the, we're so different, you know? So it, I think it's a bunch of everything. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And, and I'm confused too. Like, I think we should finish the episode because I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you'll let's, Let's talk about David and Goliath. Yes. That also helps us to reframe. Yeah. That, that, that also helps us to reframe things. And this is where we're trying to go. We don't have it all figured out. We are mm -hmm. not psychologists. We are not, uh, we have no, a lot of expertise in mental health. You know, we can pray for you. Uh, so you can find a good mental health uh, person that will help mm -hmm. you for sure. And if you're right now struggling with somebody, so some thoughts that are, uh, making you feel that you're not valuable enough. Like we're no, by no means trying to tell you, Hey, you know, we are the experts, but I also find that in the Bible, there's cool examples. We're going to go to two examples right now. Mm -hmm. And the first one is David and Goliath. It's a story that even people that may not uh, be uh, Christians, they know the story. It's basically, and also it's deeper than that at the same time. It's basically the story of a big guy called Goliath and the little guy, Apparently, the guy was the underdog, the little guy, which is David. 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 You know, that guy had like five stones and with a sling, slingshot, sling. 
sling. That's what he called. Yeah. Mm. He, he killed a big guy, a trained uh, soldier, like a war machine, you know? And apparently it was a miracle that he won. But if you go into a lot of implications and they go be they go beyond like the how we measure strength because we measure strength but oh that guy's a big guy he had a big uh uh spear he had a big uh, a lot of uh uh armor you know and according to our views of strength it may have been a miracle but it, was it really a miracle that david won hmm. wow i think it is i i think god worked like what's a miracle? A miracle is an, an, uh, some, an event in which God um, works to make sense, it's an outcome true. that would not happen and otherwise. It, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to reduce God's uh, role into this whole story. I'm not going to say, hey, God did have take, he didn't take any part into this. Mm-hmm. But it's more like, it's, it's not like God, he guided the stone in like, like a homing missile. <laughs> like he's like, he guided the stone. It's like, oh, it has to hit exactly there. So it's going to die. It, it is all about David's also own understanding of who he is under the eyes of God. Wow. Because that's, that's, the, that's the, the starting point. Because it's not that David say, hey, God, I'm going to want, I, I want you to, to do a miracle. Give me a solid one, God. He only grabbed one stone and he said, God, this is going to be the stone that I'm going to use. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you do the miracle. I'm going to close my eyes and throw the stone and you're going to make it happen. You don't, feel, you don't feel like that's what happened? I don't think that's what happened. Mm-hmm. He grabbed five stones, bro. He grabbed five stones. So if there's a miracle, you think it was somewhere, it was in the mentality that got him there. I feel, I strongly feel that it's not that the miracle was not that the little man destroyed the big man. The miracle is that God gave the opportunity of David to Mm. find his own value, not on his skills, but how he was created. There's two basic premises in this story of the Bible. Mm -hmm. The first one is God, we are God's creation. Mm -hmm. And the second one is God does not make mistakes. So David was really clear in that. When he was fighting Goliath, his validation was not on how good he was in a slingshot. His validation was, I'm God's creation. His validation was, uh, God does not make mistakes. Hmm. I'm not a strong macho man as Goliath. And Goliath validation, Goliath's validation was coming from, well, a little of a background. Goliath, Philistine. Mm-hmm. Philistines were called the sea people. They traveled the sea. Mm-hmm. from the Aegean area in the Aegean area was part of uh, the big epics, you know, like Homer and the Iliad, uh, you know, the Odyssey. And the, the, the value of the soldier was in the strength, the raw strength and victories will give them meaning. In a mm-hmm. sense, Goliath was a spiritual partner with, uh, was a spiritual successor, you may call it, with uh, the, the, the likes of Achilles, you know, Man. Like, yeah, I mean, Achilles, like if you, if you know some, uh, Greek, uh, mythology, you know, Achilles was a really strong man and, and his, his value was his worth and his validation was in how strong he was. Homer's Iliad, you know, the battle of Troy. Exactly. And if you watch the movie as well, like Brad Pitt, you know, <laughs> he was, he was Achilles in, in the, in the movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and you can see that uh, Goliath had uh, low self-esteem because his only way for feeling validation was as how strong people are in a battle. Mm. His esteem was fragile, you might say. Fragile. Yeah, he had issues with self-esteem. Hmm. And he say like, hey, show me your worth in the war. Who wants to fight me? So it's like Goliath needed to be out there. He needed yeah, to battle. Because if he was not good at battling, what what, what was good for him? What else was good for him? What else was he good what he good at? And apparently his skills were connected with his validation, with his soul value. His value was based on the sword, and so you could say he lived to have value, and he lived by his value based on the sword, and he died by the by sword. Man. It's this I it's like that verse is saying to me right now, like if you have this fragile uh, source of value, you're going to be impaled by that fragile source of value. Yeah, man. And 
David, on the other hand, so this was not a battle of strength. This was a battle of lifestyles. Of ideologies. I feel it was a battle of ideologies. What ideology sources. was like, I'm so strong and I'm mm -hmm. powerful and this is my reason of living. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm my here value for source. On the other side, David, he didn't have to prove nothing, bro. Why not? Because he was created by a God that does not make mistakes. But Goliath was too. But he did not, he, he did not see his life mm. as meaningful thing. He was only seeing his life as his value, his worth was connected with his strength. Yeah. Class David's, class. David's value mm -hmm. and self-validation and worth was mm -hmm. connected with how great his God was. Mm -hmm. And he, dis, he does not need to prove nothing in any kind of scenario in order to prove that he is someone, he's, he's someone that is, has a lot of value. So the thing goes that uh, David, there was a big war and, and, and then uh, Goliath was uh, trying to give verbal abuse to the Israelites. He's like, hey, uh, you guys are slaves. That's what the Bible says. You guys are slaves. I scorn the ranks of Israel. You guys are cowards. He was trying to put people down. He was a bully. Goliath was a bully. And people were scared to the point that even Saul, what, what did Saul do? He, he, he tried to give some motivation, I guess. Yes. He tried to say like, hey, okay, whoever beats this guy, whoever beats this guy, uh, I'm going to give them a tax-free life. I, I like to have that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> tax-free life. Texas, bro. And he's going to marry my daughter, so it's going to be part of my family. And it's almost like he'll be worthy of that. If you, it's like Saul had the same perspectives on validation that, the, uh, that the Philistine did. Yeah. So that he was trying to make, hey, if you beat this guy, I'm going to give you also more worth or more validation. You deserve it. Yes. But there's no price and there's no achievement in the world that is going to make you feel more as a value human being. Yeah, not sustainably. Not sustainably. No, because it, it, mm -hmm. it beca that's consumism, bro. That the day I, I thought I, I'll have a MacBook. Consumerism. Consumerism, I'm sorry. Uh, consumerism that the day, the, the day that I thought consumer well you, you guys correct us oh. uh, <laughs> so the day that I thought that I was going to have a MacBook Pro mm -hmm. that was the day that I was going to be like the ultimate tech person you know yeah. yeah the day the day happened the first day I was so happy I had like my MacBook Pro mm -hmm. awesome like the Apple was shining there you know? mm, I remember but then, that but then what what else yeah. right now is just a tool for me. I, I, I still love my computer. Hey, computer, don't, don't die on me. I, I love you, computer. But now it, it, it loves the, the, the novelty, you know, the novelty mm. factor. And sometimes we do that with, with, with things. And Goliath and David, it's a big battle of who, what is your motivation? In a sword battle, Goliath would have destroyed David, bro. Mm-hmm. But David did not have to prove anything by playing that same, the same game in our lives. We don't have to prove anything to mm -hmm. nobody in order to feel that we're valued. If you are a Christian, you have a great God. And he, if he created you, he does not make mistakes. So you are not a mistake. I'm not a mistake. I, I, that also re, that reassures me a lot, bro, because I'm such a mess. Hmm. And you don't need to clean up your mess to be important. No. Or to find value in peace. No, no I don't. So and David found his value instead based on the fact that he was made and loved by he, a great God. And also he knew he was good at a slingshot. He says that to, to, to Saul. He's like, hey, man, I killed this uh, bear. I killed this lion. Mm -hmm. I'm good at this. Let me do it my way. The way that God created me to be. God created me to be good with a slingshot. I'm not going to be good at the standard of war that everybody uses spears. I'm good at this. And God created me this way. It's for his glory. It's not because I'm good and I need to show off with my slingshot skills. No, I, I protected my people, my, my, my sheep, my, my, the cattle of my family with this. I'm going to protect the name of God with this because there's no way this guy, this incircumcised, the, with the circumcision was this, the, the sign of the pact between God's people and, and God. Mm. I was like, I'm not going to let this guy put my God that created me down. 
because what if he if if this guy is belittling Israel, what he's doing is he's belittling the God of Israel. He's belittling my God. I'm not gonna let that happen. That's so, what that he went there. The rest is history, bro. He went there, and it was not a miracle that the stone hit his head. He was prepared enough. The miracle is that that little boy had such a high sense of validation. He knew that God created him and he knew that he had good skills for his honor and glory. And he knew that he didn't have to play the game, the same game that Goliath. He didn't have the psychological weakness and vulnerability that would have inhibited his ability to see the situation and make the best decision. Yeah. David came to potentially die yeah. for God's honor and glory. Goliath came to die or to kill for his value. Yeah. And the more so he security killed, the more he felt, and value yeah, it was results. When my value is based upon my ability, my abilities will be inhibited. But when my value is based upon higher than that, I'm free to, <laughs> my abilities will be greater. Yeah. yeah. More rel- that's, and, and we do that sometimes powerful. with sports stars, bro. Like as if you if you follow a, a a team a basketball team if your if your basketball player is a good player he's worth a lot to you but then he messes up he's not worth to you anymore mm. we have that standard of of strength and value in 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 sports in life bro it's so sad we do that to ourselves as well mm. and well that's a, that's a summary of what happened with David Goliath I have a whole like a whole like idea there. But I, I really enjoy knowing that those two premises, if you, you are created by God and God does not make mistakes. And that's the first example. What do you think? I think that's super helpful to see the, the beauty of, in that story, God is showing us the, the, that there is a, you can build your life upon a rock or sand. And here, yeah. the sand is... My value is based upon my accomplishments, perceived or otherwise by others. And the rock is, I can be secure that God made me and loved me. And I'm going to do what I do just because I love him. Um, and I think that connects to, that will connect to another example, Peter yeah. and the disciples. What were you thinking, Reuben? And even if you're not Christian, you don't believe in God, mm-hmm. you should never rely on your own skills to define how worthy you are for in life because if you're in this life you you are here for a reason mm. and even if you don't believe in intelligent design or stuff like that you know uh, even if you believe that we if we have we're uh we're we're just a prop uh a part of uh, evolution you're here right now you're here what do you do with it you know don't mm. let people define who you are mm. and that also hits me a lot because like we are, we were our pastors, we're ministers. We deal with also young people mm-hmm. and, and those, and, and that I age, like, especially I, I've seen girls in our churches and, and, and environments and not only our churches, just young girls. And they feel that their value is in how boys treat her. Like I, like, especially man in, in, in dating sites, you know, in dating sites. And, you know, a girl will feel that she's valued when, a guy would pay like $100 in a meal, you know? Mm. And if the guy spends that much for her, she's like, oh, I'm important. $100 in a meal. Or, oh, I'm important. The guy just swiped right on me, you know? Mm-hmm. And man, I, I feel like the, my, my heart breaks because of how society, which I'm not part of, <laughs> but society uh, <laughs> makes us uh, consider what value is, you know? The more likes or hearts you have on your Instagram, the more uh, people uh, like your pictures on Facebook or the more uh, interactions you have in Snapchat or, bro, if you're listening right now and you are craving that validation, don't try to find it in external places. Hmm. You know, that also helped me. I, I, I am really trying to be more intentional with my social media consumption and also expression. I'm not going to tell you to stop or to use it, but do this reflection exercise. Why I'm going to post this 
or why I'm mm. doing this. We can talk of a lot about this social media stuff, but and it's I think it's a tool. I don't think it's a trap. I think it's a tool. I yeah. agree. Let's and go to the disciples example. So right? that actually is it's so cliche to say, well, that's a perfect segue, even if it's not, but I think it actually works well because when we look at Matthew chapter 19, 27 and 29, we start to see that there was some dark motivations for why Peter left everything to follow Jesus yeah. or why he was continuing to follow Jesus. When yeah. Peter says this to Jesus in Matthew 19, 27 and 29, um, I'm, I'm reading from the TLB. I don't know what that stands for. Total. <laughs> Never mind. I tried to make up something on this spot. <laughs> uh, I'm reading from a uh, George Nice devotional, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. My wife and I read this on July 14th. Um, then Peter said to him, We left everything to follow you. What will we get out of it? And Jesus replied, When I, the Messiah, shall sit upon my glorious throne in the kingdom, you and my disciples, shall certainly sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Sounds great, right? Peter's like, yes, Lord, yes, a reward for my sacrifice. Holy is what I deserve, but it doesn't end there. And then Jesus says, and anyone who gives up his home, brothers, sisters, father, mother, Nintendo Switch, wife, children, PS4, <laughs> computer, income, Right. The text says, next says, or property to follow me shall receive a hundred times as much in return. Huh. And, and they were shall thinking have eternal life. Peter heard what he wanted to hear, but then yeah. Jesus also yeah. told him what he needed to hear. And what he needed to hear was that he is not more important than anyone else because of his sacrifice. And that what they're receiving in response isn't a reward. It's just that they're choosing a way unto life. And when yeah. you choose a way into life, yeah. by the grace of God, you will get life. It's not something he's earned. He's not that, that throne is not the throne would have been a great source of validation. And, and let's, and let's go a little bit, uh, a few For years Peter. before with this disciples thing, you know, what, yes. what, who were, who are they, you know, who are they? They are individuals. Um, you have, uh, let's see, you had a zealot. We're not sure what the zealots, yeah, um, are, occupation could have been we know yeah, one people say it was, was kind of like a terrorist you know like a yes. political terrorist but was he a political terrorist <laughs> that also was a carpenter also was a fisherman we're not sure yeah we know that matthew was a tax collector tax collector probably good standing in society uh if you were uh friends with romans for romans the yeah. jews would have um the yeah the jews would have hated yeah. um because he's a traitor yeah um and so he's part of corrupt government yeah uh and so government official you had fishermen for sure. Yeah. Uh, these people have their, what, what all of them are, they are not teachers of the law. No, they're not. They're, they, they have no uh, authority. And apparently they have no authority to, to share or skills. You may, you may think they, they would have skills. And uh, according to society, mm -hmm. if you were not good enough by, the age of 16, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. you'll just continue with the trade of the family, family trade. If you, if let's background this a little bit. So everyone had the opportunity to become a teacher of the law, a teacher of the law. Each child would be from a, a young age would be given opportunity to memorize portions of scripture. Yes. And then they'd be examined after a certain amount of time. Yes. And these are only the males, the boys. Yeah. And they'd be not the Gentiles. Talk not about the value, man. There. Yes. And so your performance would determine your ability to pass on to the next grade. There'd be several levels. And if you were a fisherman, if you were a Jew, um, if you were part of the nation of Israel, if you or, or Judah, you, if you could not, um, if you were a fisherman, a tax collector, any of these things, it's because you tried, but didn't pass the cut. You were not, you were not good enough. Yes. Yeah. And then G and so in order at the end of various levels, if you tested and you'd be eligible to have a rabbi come and say, follow me, come under my yoke, follow me where I walk, yeah. become dirty from the dust of my sandals. Yeah. And you are, you could have had all the efficacy 
and still not been chosen. Yeah. And then Jesus comes to people who didn't make the cut. Yep. They were adults. They were already in Nobody's their fields. according to society. Yes. Or certainly not high enough to be religious teachers. And Jesus says, come with me. And to Peter, he says, become, be a fisher of men. What, what, is that, so what does that, that say when Jesus is saying that to these uh, people that were, didn't make the cut according to society? What is Jesus trying to say behind those follow, the, the, the words follow me? I'm going to skirt your question. And I'm going to say, I believe Peter and the disciples would have heard, I believe you are smart enough and bright enough Ooh. to be teachers of men. You are, they messed up. You are, you are important good. enough to you are follow me. You good. are important enough to follow me. Yeah. But what was really happening? I'm not sure. You're not sure. What, I'm not sure either. I just I'm tried trying to, to wrestle. I, I'm wrestling I, too. Jesus clearly saw, saw in Jesus uh, and Peter and the others that I'm assuming he saw that they were, they had what it took and perhaps Jesus saw who they could be. And it's not that, and when we look back at Matthew 19, we can't say that Jesus saw them as more important than others because no, he made he it didn't. very clear. He didn't. No, 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 no. Yes, you give up everything to follow me, but you're going to get the same reward as others do because you're the same value. Yeah. And so he's trying to say, guys, 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 I chose you to do this task, but you're not important because you're doing this task. You're doing this task because it's your task to do. <laughs> yeah. And so I think Jesus was saying is, this is your task to do. Yeah. This is your task to do. Um, it's a beautiful task. Certainly it's a privilege, but it's, he saw that it's their task to do. Um, yeah. That's, I, I think that's the, the most you can say for sure. But that and, Jesus was communicating to them. I don't know. But I don't they want, heard more. I don't want to read into it too much, Rachel, but probably maybe like Jesus wanted to show all humanity Because 12 is a number, usually mm. in the Bible, used for uh -oh. the totality of the people of God, right? Okay, I'm listening. So probably Jesus said, hey, these 12 guys, which is probably symbolized like the 12th entirety of the people of God. Yes. You probably are not good enough, but I see what you can be. So probably it was not 12 specific people. It were 12 people that symbolize all of us. So How God sees us as value, valuable not for the things that we can bring to the table because let's be honest, we can, we bring nothing to the table when it comes to our salvation or if you are the uh, uh, one, well, maybe, but Jesus thinks that you are, you can be a good person that will show how wonderful he is for his honor and glory. So he took the Hmong low and rejected a representative number and what he was saying. And it, I think he easily could be both. I'm saying you all are good enough to follow me. Mm -hmm. And so I chose this tax collector. Yeah. Different backgrounds, but the same I bottom line. This fisherman with a hot temper. Yeah. And so he chose everyday men because of who they could be in him. Bro. He chose a traitor. He did. He chose Judas. And we sometimes are Judas. So uh, without, without, without being churchy, without being preachy, without being uh, sermony, if mm -hmm. that's even a word, I feel that our value as people, if you're a Christian, a believer in, in, in the word of God, should come not in the skills that you have. Be confident about the skills that you have. Because at the same time, Peter had skills as a fisherman. That was his trade. It was, he, he had to be good at it. Uh, probably Matthew, good at finances. Be confident of what you're good at. Don't compare your your good side with other people's good side. Mm. John was, I believe John relationally had the strength of empathy, young John. Yeah. And Peter had that strength of boldness, didn't he? Yeah. And I think just like with David, we find that when we find our value in Christ, and uh, I believe in Jesus Christ. Yes. But I believe when you find our value in just, I believe that our created being created status, I, I find a firmer foundation there than if I didn't believe in God. But I say, yeah. even if you guys are atheists, you know, you exist and have the power to change and be. Yeah. And that is where your value is found, not on others' opinions, not on your abilities. And when you free yourself 
from ability yeah. or power of other things like that, like that being your source of value, yeah. you are free to really enjoy yeah. and better utilize that. And that's what we find in David. That's what we find with Peter. And I'm and reading more into the lines, like those 12 people as rejected for society as they were in their own levels, they were tasked into change and transform the world. Mm. And they did it. No matter who you are, you now, have to say that these individuals transformed. Yeah. Now, 2019, society. 2019, we are tasked with the same uh, challenge, with the same commission. Go and transform the world. Yeah. And it's, it, it was, it's never, and it was, and it will never be about us. Hmm. So that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Like, and then, and that's beautiful because the, your validation should not ever come for what you're good at. And well, just to do a little, uh, rant there. Sometimes we don't help. Sometimes we don't, uh, as a church, we have this problem as well categorizing people for what we call spiritual gifts <laughs> and we say like hey spiritual gift you're good at, you have these spiritual gifts and we compare each other with spiritual gifts and sometimes we even measure our value in church hmm. for how many spiritual gifts or how good they are or how high of a position we have exactly we can view that if you're exactly um just someone who greets people at the door oh you're yeah. more valuable than yeah. someone who just sits in the pew but Hey, if you're a deacon or a deaconess, oh, you're even more important than an elder or a pastor. Whoa. Yeah. You know, Ruben, I think we both struggle with validation. Would you agree? Yeah, I think, I don't want to say it's a human thing, uh, but at least I can say it's a me thing. Yeah. Um, I was even talking to you a few days ago. I, I would say like, sometimes I even like ask myself, say like, maybe I try too hard, me as a pastor, I try too hard for people to like me. Or maybe at the same time, I try to be there all the time for people. So they will say, thank you, pastor. I was trying to be really intentional and vulnerable with myself and say, probably sometimes I used to just be there for people, not because they needed me, but because by being there, they'll say, thank you, pastor. And that'll be my paycheck. Mm. And then I say like, no, I shouldn't be for people because that will make me feel better. I need to be for people because that's what God is asking me to be. And mm. I'm going to be a blessing because he's blessing me too. Wow. And and that changes. It's the same thing. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. And people may not notice externally. I may be good at masking things, but it makes a difference in my own life. Man, you found, you found value based on being the nice guy. That's what I, uh, that's what I struggle. And I need to mm -hmm. be really intentional. It's like, I need, I, I don't need to lower my guard. The moment that I put my hands down, Oh, it comes there, you know, hmm. and same thing I do with uh, my interactions with people. And I'm no, by no means perfect though. Do not use my example. So many mistakes, man, in my past and present, and I'm pretty sure in the future, hmm. but as long as I keep myself, my guard up and as David, just recognize I'm good at something, you know, I'm, I've been playing the guitar for some years and my wife says, you're good at it, but I'm really critical. I'm really perfectionist. It's like, I'm hmm. not good. And every time that I play, I say, I'm not good, but it's like, is it really that I'm not good? I'm just good. I'm, I can I can be better, yes, but I I shouldn't just belittle whatever I'm trying to do. And at the end, I'm not even doing it for my own sake or for views or for money. I should be doing it just for. First of all, develop a good skill that will make me feel more useful for God as well. Hmm. Useful for God, and even if you're not a pastor, you should be useful for God. And not useful is as it, a tool. Is it important to feel useful for God? Why is it important to feel useful oh, for God? See, I actually regret saying that because... I love you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> because I actually regret saying that because that also shows my biases as well right now. It falls into the trap, yeah. It fall, I, I, I just fell into the trap. It, it's that's true. I think that's the thing, guys, we're having this conversation. I lower my it's, it's this idea that our value is based upon abilities um, performance. Yeah. It is, is a virus that is just deeply, completely interwoven all throughout our system. It's metastasized yeah. and taking and separating that from the good within us is a work of a lifetime. I believe only the, I'm a Christian, yeah. we're Christians. I yeah. believe only the spirit can really help us with that. Um, I'd encourage us to be intentional about this. I'm going to give a small trigger warning here. Um, I'm about to talk about 
some of the reasons why I've struggled with validation. That involves an abuse background. I've been, and so if you are triggered by discussions of verbal abuse, um, children being talked down to and physically handled wrongly, um, I'd encourage you to to uh, maybe skip the next five minutes or so, um, or two minutes, minute and a half. So here I go. Um, I was verbally and at the, at the beginning physically abused by my father. And a message that was given to me and I later internalized was that I was a piece of crap. I was worthless. I was nothing. I could not do what was right. And so I, I mean nothing to nobody. A piece of crap. And I was called that several times. Crap was not the word used. And it's just a constant throbbing theme. And I remember we moved um, from one house to another. And um, we, I had the basement bedroom with my brother, Zachary. And at school, I went from you know, having some friends to having like no friends and not connecting well. And um, I, it was so bad with the teachers that one teacher, um, I was being frustrating. I was later diagnosed with ADHD. Mrs. Malarkey, that's her last name, which is kind of a joke because Malarkey is kind of a Irish slang for uh, for BS. Mm-hmm. Um, Mrs. Malarkey dumped the contents of my desk over my head, onto my head. I was underneath my desk doing something, and instead of listening to her inst- constant instructions to get up and do this and that, and she took the contents of my desk and poured them over my head, uh, hurting me a little bit mortifying me in front of my student, uh, fellow classmates. And I remember I was just treated, uh, joked and kidded about and bullied by others. And I remember coming home one day from school. I just ran down the steps and just weeping, weeping, saying, I'm a piece of crap. I'm a piece of crap. Nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. I'm worthless. I want to die. And, um, I just repeated this, repeated this sobbing into my pillow. And all of a sudden I was a warm, soft, kind person was wrapping themselves around me in a hug and embrace. And I heard a soft voice saying, who's telling you these things? Hmm. I just wept and said, it's true. It's true. It's true. And it was my grandfather. Um, I was named after my mother's father, uh, Richard Crittenden. My name is Richard Crittenden Mascaloni. Crittenden, his last name is my middle name. And um, he said, you are not crap. I love you. You are important to me. And, you know, my father's, my grandfather's love was it was a a symbol of the love and value that the heavenly Father has through me, mm. and in that moment I felt God speaking through Him, saying that I am of value. And there are times when you know because of when I angered Him, whenever and it was very rare and few and far between that I'd make my grandfather angry. But once or twice I did, it just shook me because I'm like, no, like he's the one that actually thinks I'm important, you know. Um, and my mother loves me. Um, and my father loves me too. He was going through a lot and I understand now that's not no excuse for the way he's treated my family, treated me in his anger. Um, none at all. Um, but I tell you what, because of that struggle, because of that father wound, it's deep. And even though I had that validating experience that I kind of held on to it, I always wanted to prove my father and prove others and prove to the world that, you know what? You weren't my friend, but you should have been my friend. Cause I am cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't, I don't get picked first in sports, but I should, cause I am strong. I am great. I am important. And I've tried to prove that. And I think as I've, I don't know if I'm trying to prove to myself or God or others, but in the past there has been that motivation yeah. to do ministry. Yeah. Um, to show, yes, 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 I am a chosen one from God, like Samuel. 
Yeah. Like, you know, and, uh, I was, I was not supposed to be born and, but it was a miracle. My birth, um, my mother was unable to have children then had me and had three more, um, parents tried for 10 years. And I, they use that as a source of value. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, God obviously values me because he let me live, mm-hmm. you know? And really I'm struggling and working to find that I'm not valuable because I'm better than anyone else because yes. I'm special, Yes, but that we're all special. I don't need hierarchy. I don't need to be exceptional. I don't need to be a Mensa genius. Yeah. I don't need to be a performer. I don't need to be Popular. A, a stable, yeah. you know, I could be fired tomorrow or I could not be because people in this conference desire for me to be a pastor and people in my churches see them a quote unquote good pastor. I can't let my value be based on that though. It's so fragile. Hmm. So many things can happen. And ultimately if my value is based upon people's perceptions or upon my ability, I become a tool used by my, my, my ability instead of my ability is a tool used by me yeah. for true and holy purposes. So, yeah. you know, Ruben, we've struggled to have, we're, we're not a hyper popular podcast right now, are we? No. And that's all right. <laughs> but it kind of hasn't been, has it? I, it's kind of hurt us. It's hurt me. I've, I've at some point, at some point it was, uh, one of the, I don't know, probably unknowingly or subconsciously just trying to, I think it was just like that, that root to almost cancer within us. Yeah. Yeah. But it's metastasized. But we're breaking, breaking from that. We're breaking out from that. And that's the thing, just because you've had, this has been your motivation before. doesn't mean you are hopeless. Yeah. You can have victory over this. You need to be intentional and say, okay, if I'm not doing it for this, why am I doing this? Yeah, and if you are listening right now and uh, your experience resonates with Rich's or, or mine, uh, you're not hopeless and you're not alone. You know, we just show a different front. Sometimes in our social media or be, uh, behind a, a smile, you cannot see probably the struggles that we all go through as human beings in this so messed up world. But if you need any help, I mean, we, of course, don't claim to know it all. That's our basic premise in clarity. And we just became really vulnerable right now and try to let you know that, hey, we don't have it all together. We say that, we say that, but we really mean it. We really mean it. You need help. There's no shame in actually going through uh, some help, professional help. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it takes a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. Actually, it takes a lot of uh, intentionality in order to uh, go ahead and be a good person, not for others. Be a good person so you'll find the meaning of the true life here today, here and now. Even even if you have problems, if you have you're struggling, it's not about be for someone else. Hmm. And you are not a, a an act of randomness, and you are also not a miracle in the sense that you are better than anybody else. Hmm. but that puts us in the same level, like rounded leveling the ground. And that's amazing about it. We're in the same level. Hmm. We come, I'm coming from Peru, you from Long Island, New York. That's right. But I, I am, we were wearing the same shorts, probably going to show a picture at some point. Yes. Twinsies. (laughs) But we were coming from different places, but God is taking us to the same place to all of us. And that's, that's amazing. Brothers and sisters in search of clarity. Yeah. We are here together today. No better or worse than the other. All of us struggling in different degrees with finding value and importance. And what's become clear to us is when we can find value, not in what others think or not in the perception of our ability, but simply in that we exist and that we are made and designed by the creator of all. And he does not make mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes. And we can be free to live free from earning that favor and value. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. You are beloved. You matter. Thank you for listening. 
Oh. Thank you for listening. Yes, and just it's closing this episode. Uh, just want to let you know, uh, there's you're more than welcome to contact us. Uh, you have many ways to do for doing so. Uh, we have the Twitter. You can DM us. You can uh, tag us. Our Twitter is Clarity Underline uh, Podcast. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash Clarity Podcast. Please, if you can, you take some time to rate, review us, share. If this episode has been a, a blessing to you or it's been a good eye-opening experience, don't hesitate to to share it with people that might need it as well. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you. Really appreciate us for giving us an opportunity of being part of your life uh, during this episode. Please stay tuned for more. I'm Ruben. And I'm Rich. And this was Clarity. <laughs>